starting from this morning, I want to teach. I want to talk to us, not preaching, is a teaching. And maybe two, three services, I don't know how it's going to be. But I want to teach this morning. I want to start a teaching this morning. And it's a teaching that if you pay attention to it, and if you, by the help of the Holy Spirit, which is my prayers, that's why I say you should pray that prayer. If you understand it, it will surely transform your life the same way that it is starting to transform my own life. Because there are some things I did not know before that suddenly, after God was taught me this, as I realized that, oh Lord, my God, I've been cheated all this while. Are you with me? If you start to understand it, you realize that, oh God, there's so much in this Christianity that what you ever think. Are you with me? At the same time, if your spirit argues with the world, it's possible for it to be confusion. That's why I told us to pray that prayer at the beginning. So if you have not prayed, you better pray that God, please, let your word not be confusing to me. Make it plain to me. And I pray that God is going to help us in Jesus' mighty name. I want to start this series on the dimensions of life. The dimensions of life. Because I realize that there are several dimensions all of us can be operating in. And as we seated here now, all of us at different stages, at different points, might be operating different in any, of, in any of these dimensions. And the reality of it as well is that you look at some people and you realize that, oh my God, how come they always struggle to get what they want to get? Is the dimension they're working in. Why you look at some people and it appears that life just happens for them easily is because of the dimension they're working in. It is not because God is unfair. Are you with me? All of us sitting in this place, we will walk in different dimensions at different times based on the understanding that we have. Are you, so I want to talk to us about the dimensions of life. And I will encourage you, no matter what happens, please don't miss the series because I'm going to build it up, right? And the final one, you realize that there's some things that you don't really need to pray for. And I mean it, I'm not talking about faith. No, faith is not, it's even like the third or the fourth in the, in the hierarchy, right? There's some things that you don't really need to pray for. I'll give you an example. If Pastor Deji, in fact, if Pastor Deji comes to my house, we have a very good relationship. When he comes to my house, what will you do? You sit in the living room, and you, let, you will be at my grace. So, where I tell you to sit, that is where you're going to sit. Isn't it? If I choose to offer you food, you'll enjoy that food. Right? If I choose not to offer you, you can't question me on it. Right? It's at my grace. That's the dimension that is operating when it comes to my house. But the same way, Joshua operates on a different dimension in that house. When he's hungry, he does not need to ask mommy for food. All he has to do is to the, go to the kitchen and get brush bread. Because he knows what his rightfully is. It's a different dimension. So there's no, there are some things that we realize that from today you don't need to pray about. Because it might be something that God has already given Precious. So I'm going to build it to that point for us to understand that there are different dimensions. That you will now choose which one, which one you want to be working in. Is that okay? But before then, before we start on the dimension, I need to also clarify this for you to understand that there are three 
realms. In each of those dimensions, these three realms will always be there. There's a physical realm, there's a mental, mental realm, or depending on whatever book that you are reading or whatever um, position you are looking at it from, whether it's to historic, whether it doesn't matter what it's called, but it's just the mental realm. And also there's a spiritual realm. In every of the dimension, these three will always operate. The way man, God has created man is that man should be able to operate in these three realms. That is why God created you and I, body, soul, spirit. Are you with me? So I said there are different dimensions, right? In each of the dimensions, there are three different realms, which you can actually walk in within those three, with those dimensions. And those dimensions, those, those realms are spirit, mental, physical, not body, right? Man was created body, soul, spirit, so that he can actually operate in these three realms. Is that okay? Don't confuse body, soul, spirit with the realms, right? Body, soul, spirit is what you are. You are a spirit, you have a mind, uh, or you have a soul, and you live in a body, right? The reason why God created you in those three ways is so that you can operate in the physical, the mental, and the spiritual realms. Is that okay? Oh, my God, you guys are wonderful students. Yeah? At the beginning, when God created man, Man's spirit was created to be in charge. So man, man at creation was a naturally spiritual being. They understood, man was able to understand spiritual things, was able to take advantage of those things that were freely given, that God had already given. But when sin came, what sin did was... To make our spirits go down while our mental and our physical consciousness became increased. Are you with me? Our mental and our physical consciousness or our body and our soul going to the driving seats. Are you with me? But when Jesus Christ came... Jesus Christ came to do one of the things that Jesus Christ came to do for us. is to show us the way and by the atonement that Jesus Christ provided by his blood to allow the Holy Spirit to regenerate that spirit that we have that is already in comatose stage. Are you with me? To regenerate that spirit so that our spirit can also be in charge again as it was in the beginning. May I get an amen? If you don't understand, tell me, pastor, repeat perfect. So, our spirit that was in comatose state now became active again. So, if you are born again in this place, understand one thing that your spirit is now active by the Holy Spirit. So, you are able to understand the spiritual world much more than someone who is not born again. You can now operate back again in the spiritual world 
You cannot under, not operate again in the spiritual realm. Before you got born again, you could not operate in that realm. This is why every change, this is what I'm saying, every change in the scriptures, every change that God expects of you has to start from the spiritual. Very close. All right. So every change that God expects of you and I has to start from a spiritual end. You know what? And this is why oftentimes you struggle with our Christianity. We struggle about the, with the things that God expects us to not to struggle with. Bible says that the commandments of God are not grievous. So the things that God expects of you and I, they are not as difficult. Because, and the reason is because the, the, the challenge that you and I have is that when God expects of us to, give me an example, cut your, no. Let's, God expects you to not lie. We try to engage in all those God's requirements from a physical end. You know, we try to determine. Every time you try to determine to do the things that God wants you to do is morality. Are you with me? Change that is actually scriptural or when it is morality, the only thing that's going to lead to is remorse. You will try, 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 and because of that, you don't commit that error for some time, and then you fall back into the error because it's not a genuine change. Are you with me? Every genuine change, every change that leads, every change that God expects you and I to make in the scriptures has to start from the spirit. It has to start from the spiritual side, hence why our spirit needed to be regenerated. Romans chapter 8, let us start from there. Romans chapter 8, we read from verse 1 to verse 7 thereabouts. Romans chapter 8. Therefore, there's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life sets me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do in that it's in that it was weakened by the sinful nature God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful man to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in sinful man. In order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the sinful nature but according to the spirit. So the more you live according to the spirit, you cannot fulfill your sinful nature. As long as that changes from the spirit, you realize that your sinful nature will not be, will not be fulfilled. Those who live, those who live according to sinful nature have their mind set on what the, that nature desires. But those who live in accordance with the spirit will have their mind set on what the spirit desires. Let us go to the dimensions. The first dimension which I want to bring to us this morning, which a lot of people operate in is the dimension of servanthood. It's the dimension of servanthood. And it is from the premise that is in Romans chapter 6, verse 16. Romans chapter 6, verse 16. It says, Know ye not that to whom you yield yourselves servants to obey, 
a servant ye are to whom ye obey, whether sin unto death or obedience unto righteousness. At every point in our lives, church, listen, at every point in our lives, it does not matter who you are, it does not matter what you are, you will have to be making decisions on who you are obeying. And that scripture says, everyone that you choose at that point determines who the master is. Are you with me? And every time you choose who the master is, guess what happens? The master dictates what the servant does. It detects the parameters with which you are working. It detects the scope of your existence, of your fulfillment. Are you with me, church? Are you with me, church? Let me give us a biblical example. First man, Adam, created in the Garden of Eden, had a beautiful life going for him. You know, he did not have to do so much. All he had to do was don't even worry about operating in the other dimensions that we're going to talk about. At this point, all you just have to do is come and enjoy everything. In fact, Adam at that point does not even have any perception of what problem was. Because for Adam to realize that he actually needed a wife was God that realized it. Everything that Adam needed was provided for him. But at some point, that question came to him, who are you going to obey? Are you going to listen to God? Are you going to listen to other things? Unfortunately, he fell for that. Every time, we will always have to make that decision on whether I want to follow God or not. Whether we want to follow the principles or the dictates that is contrary to God or not. And it will always come in every decision that you have. Another person is Jesus Christ, Jesus himself. Jesus himself, who knew his purpose before even coming to this world. But at some point, that same question came to him. The devil appeared to Jesus in the wilderness when he was led by the Holy Spirit. Imagine, Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit for a retreat. And at the retreat, the question came to him. Why not just bow down to me and I'll give you half of this world? The devil will always try to offer us options. Think about this, church. Options always come before the real thing. And when they come, it's only to question who will we serve? Who do you want to submit yourself to? Who do you want to obey? Ask yourself that question. When you apply for that job, will you go by the principles of God or by the second option? Oh, they said that, oh, except you, 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 you've had three years' experience, you cannot work in the country. Yes, that's what he said. So do we need to recoin and rework your CVs? When it's time to get married, during that option will also come. You look around your church, you're like, oh, my God, there are no men in this church. The devil will place around you something that is more enticing. Because the minute you make a decision on who you're going to serve at that point, that defines the realm that you're going to walk in for the rest of your life. Are you with me, church? So whether the principles of God, whether the Bible or the promise of God now works in that realm that you have now chosen to go in is a different matter. 
So, two people, let me use marriage. Sorry, I'm going to use marriage this morning. All right, let me use business. Two people want to go into business. One chooses to do his business, the principles of God, little profit, a little here, a little there, and God is increasing. This one, party B, tries to do it like people in my own village who would like to get everything at once, doing other things, and A. So what happens is, will God now, will the principles of God work under this dimension? No. Are you with me? The principles, the blessings, and the, and, the, and the promises that will now be working under this dimension will be promises of grace, not sonship anymore. You want to enjoy the fullest of God. You want to enjoy God to the fullest. You choose at every point in time what dimension you want to be. Who do you want to serve? Either God on this side or the enemy on this side. It's a dimension. And guess what? The three realms operate in this manner as well. It operates in our mental capacity. It operates in, our, in, 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 in the physical. It operates in the spiritual. That's why you see people who will go out of their ways to do so much in serving other gods. You cannot serve other gods and still... You cannot serve other gods. You cannot walk outside that realm, outside who you're serving, and expect the other one to reign, except the grace of God is revealed upon you. Amen. Amen. Another person that had that, this other way that the, the enemy will use to bring that examination onto us, instant gratification. The story of Esau. Esau that was meant to inherit the promise of God. It was a natural promise that was meant to inherit. Isn't it? Esau in Genesis 25 verse 34. But for instant gratification, he lost the position of who he was serving. He lost his position in Christ. He lost his position in God. He lost the promise. So the promise that was to Abraham was what? Sorry? What is the promise to Isaac? What promise did Isaac inherit? So the promise to Abraham was to Isaac, isn't it? Now, when it goes to Isaac, who was the promise actually to? No, it was to, the, to your seed, or to your firstborn should be, right? Because the firstborn should naturally inherit it, right? But the minute Esau lost that position of choosing to serve instant gratification, what do you think happened? He lost completely that promise. Every other thing that Esau started enjoying, or the little that Esau enjoyed, was only of grace. Are you with me, church? So you cannot not choose. Instant gratification is one of the ways that the devil always used to set that exam for us. Christians of today will rather have it easy. Not always easy, brethren. Not always. This path that God has called us to at times requires endurance. 
One of the fruit of the Spirit is long-suffering. Another one is temperance. These are not palatable. It's not every of the fruit of the Spirit that's jolly. It's not love, joy, peace. It's not just the fruit of the Spirit. They are the other side of it that we don't always like. And there's a bit, the last one that says faithfulness. Holding on to faith till the end. Those are the fruit of the Spirit. How about the gentleman called Geazi? Geazi, funnily, we're talking about it in Sunday school this morning, isn't it? Geazi was the servant of Elisha. Elisha inherited double portion of Elijah's anointing. So Geazi, if he had only played the game the way the mentor played it, would have virtually inherited a quadruple portion of Elijah's, if he chooses to, or maybe multiple, much more multiple than that. But for <coughs> greed, Naaman came to Elijah, Elisha. Elisha healed Naaman, and hey, don't worry, just go. <laughs> Bible says, look at look at his thoughts that. Gehazi felt that Elisha was too easy on Naaman. And he went after Naaman to go and collect what God had already rejected. Greed. And you know, as Christians, it, it occurs to us every time. Who does not want to be successful there? And guess what? We want our success to deeply be instantaneous. us. We want to be there. We want to hit it straight away. And listen, I thank God for all the testimonies that we have in church. In fact, throughout this week, I was thinking about it. You know, thank God for the grace that God has given to us that, hey, we get jobs, we do all this one. We thank God for that grace. But let me tell you today, it is not the essence of Christianity. Before somebody say because they are not getting jobs, then it's a different thing. It's not the essence of Christianity. It's only those things that's added to us. Right? So it would be wrong for you to go out there and say, oh, praise God in our church. Everybody, that is not the gospel. The gospel is, that, is the fact that Jesus Christ died. Every other thing is just the grace of God that we are enjoying. So if God chooses not to do it, the fact that we have testimonies every day, if God chooses not to give anybody a testimony that week, who's going to question him? So we should not let that sink into our head about Listen, I want us to be successful. I want a church that is powerful, a church that's taking this world for itself, a church, oh God, that's making an impact in every little thing that we do. That's what I want. But at the same time, let's not lose sight of the fact that there's a fine line, just a very thin line between greed and success. There's just a thin line. Every time you try to to bend the rule. Maybe greed is actually playing the part. May God help us in Jesus' mighty name. So don't be like Gehazi, who had to make that singular decision that ruined his destiny. Only because he was eager to be successful. For the pursuit of success, he lost the bigger picture. 
for the pursuit of success, we lose the picture at times. Hence, with, with, with this realm, choosing the realm of servanthood, you must make up your mind, church, who you will yield to. At every point in destiny, church, listen, at every point in destiny, there's always two options presented to us. The same way that was presented to Aaron, choose this day you will serve. You know, if the option is presented like that, oh, choose this day we will serve, it's easy to say you will serve God. But it will not be presented like that. It will be presented in a way, right, that this world has not taught us that it is the right way. This is why I spoke about the physical, the mental, and the spiritual realm. Because in the mental, and this world currently has promoted the mental realm so much so that everything is driven by strategy, driven by self, driven by oh, different philosophies. First Timothy or Second Timothy chapter 4, verse 3 makes us realize that there's going to be a time when people shall be lovers of themselves much more than the lovers of God. This is the time we're talking about. When everything now that is wrong in Christ seems right. So much so that now it's actually very, very difficult. You know, at times when you try to uphold your Christian value, you look stupid. Isn't it? That everything that is biblical is now being questioned. It does not make sense to pay tithes. Let us be honest to ourselves. So every teaching, every doctrine that goes against tithes is sensible. Have you not realized that? It's sensible. It's sensible. If I come today, I can give you 1,001 reasons why you should not pay it. In fact, I can tell you 2,000 reasons why you should not come to church on Sunday. It's not necessary for you to come to church. So everything like that makes you decide or to determine who you're choosing, which side are you flowing to. To operate in this realm, church, you need to completely yield to God. That is the reality of it. Because every time that question will keep coming to you, choose today. Is it God or is it not God? Is it God or is it not God? Just Christ said, if they are not with us, they are against us. Are you with God or are you not with God? That's the question. The Bible says, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. As some did in the wilderness. As I'm speaking to you now, even concerning you, it is like that. Are you going to do it God's way or your way? Are you going to do it the way God expects you, Bible expects you to do it? Or are you going to do it the popular way? When scriptures have already told us that there's a way that seems right to a man, the end thereof is destruction. When scriptures have already told us that wide is the way that leads to destruction, the popular way is not always the right way. The popular way is not always the right way. 
So you need to decide within your... See, Bible says that let the old world be wrong and God remain true. So it's possible for the old world to be wrong. It's possible for the old world to take a position and be wrong. Are you going to stay on the side of God is a question for this realm. It's a question that you must always answer per time. When opportunities faces you, are you going to be quick to jump and take such opportunities? Or are you going to ask yourself, oh, which will God want me to do? Which will God want me to do? Which one of them will God really, really want me to do? It's a question you must ask yourself. When it appears that time is going, when it appears that, oh, you don't have that endurance anymore, when it appears that, oh, God, I'm, I'm fainting, we still hold on to God. When Esau was going to have that question post at him, do you know when it came to Esau? When the guy was really, really hungry. Are you with me? The guy was hungry. At that point, the only need that matters to Esau huh, was food. When it came to Jesus Christ in the wilderness, Jesus has been fasting 40 days, 40 nights. The option of bread would have been tempting. When the question is being posed to us, it's at that time that we think that we need that, we need that, we need that, we need to do that at that time. That's why wise people, don't, they are never quick to make decisions. Oftentimes, the things that we think that we need, if we allow our needs to actually direct and to guide our lives or determine how our life goes, guess what will happen? Oftentimes, we miss it. Because at such point, we take, we take decisions based on the requirements of that need. Remember what that scripture that we read said in Romans chapter 8, that... If you try to fulfill the requirements of the flesh, oftentimes our needs are in the physical. That the things that we need immediately does not necessarily mean that it's going to please God. If you can put your need aside and actually seek God more, you realize that those needs at time will actually give way. You feel so much pressure each day. You feel so much pressure, I need to, I need to. Hey, why not pull back a bit? Stop finding that need. The fact that you are focusing on that need is the reason why that need appears to be gaining strength. Because that need might be the exam being set. Might actually be the exam being set. Because every need makes you vulnerable. Every need makes you vulnerable. Learning from that scripture. And I pray that God is going to bless us this morning. Next week, by God's grace, I will look at the dimension of logic. Right? And possibly I will go into the dimension of, of faith. Thereabout. Yeah, I think I will go to faith next week. So logic, logic is not created by the enemy. It's created by God. That's why he gave us brain. <laughs> in fact, Proverbs chapter 1 verse 5 says, the wise will hear and they will increase their learning. Are you with me? So logic is not of the devil. It's, it's of God. Right? 
But when we do apply it rightly, then, then we can also manipulate it. But for this morning, why don't I just talk to God this morning and say, Lord, please, I yield myself unto you. You know, choir started earlier today by singing that song, I give myself away. All right? This morning as well, why not just yield? Or rather, you sang the song, let every other thing fade away. This morning, I said, why can't you allow every other thing also to fade away? All this need that appears to be driving your life, they are the most important thing in your life currently. It appears that God is now number seven. All this, your need are now number one to six. Why not for once just put all those things away and go back to God this morning and yield yourself unto God? I said, God, here am I before you. Why not fill me again with your desires? Why not fill me again with your desires? Why not fill me again with your desires? Why not talk to God this morning and say, Lord, it is you I want to follow, nothing else, oh God. Nothing else matters. It is you I want to follow part time. It is your will I want to do. It's your desires I want to fulfill. Why not talk to God this morning? And if this morning you are not born again, please, can we just bow down our heads and just be praying for yourself? Don't worry about the next person. If this morning you're not born again, why not just raise up your hand and pull it back down? I'm not going to call you out. I'm just going to pray for you where you are. You're not born again. You want to rededicate your life to Jesus. You want to say this morning that Jesus, it's you I want to follow. It's you I want to serve. Why not raise it up and put it back down and I'll pray for you this morning and Jesus will accept you. You want to serve God. You want to follow God. You want to be a, you want to be a child of God as it were. You want to be born again this morning. Just raise up your hand and put it back down and I'll pray for you from where I am. Every other person, pray for yourself this morning. Pray for yourself that Lord, let your hand be strong upon me. Let your hand be strong upon me. Let me be where you want me to be. Let me be who you want me to be. Let me be how you want me to be. Lord, let needs and the dictates of this world, let the devil and its cohort not define and determine how my life should be. Father, we thank you. We celebrate you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name we prayed. Lord, we started with your word this morning that says, we are servants to whom we obey. Lord, we now understand from your word, oh God, that every time things were post to us to make a decision on who truly will be obeying. Father, we ask that when such comes, please, let your grace be revealed and released upon us to make the right decisions. Lord, we want to live a life pleasing to you and to you alone. Be our help continually. Thank you, my Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray.